You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings. Love those dudes. Love fantasy football. Love all of you, especially those of you that engage with us on social media in any way. Could be me, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or it could be us, at Ross Tucker Pod, on all of the above except for TikTok. You can also always watch the show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We don't have time to dilly dally during the season. We just don't. We get right into it with Joe Dolan, who dominates over at fantasypoints.com, where, by the way, you can still use our code 23FEAST to get a veritable smorgasbord of information. It's incredible. You can also check Joe out on social at FG underscore Dolan. He is the fantasy gangsta. Joe, there's a lot to get into. I mean, we've got injuries. We've got a lot of stuff. Playing time. Let's start with Thursday night. It's the Vikings. It's the Eagles. I'm going to give my stud and value pick first. Didn't even talk to Joe about this. And I'll be curious to see if he agrees or disagrees. I'm going to go for DraftKings. My stud, I'm going with TJ Hawkinson. Mm. And I'll tell you why. I think the Eagles are going to still try to have Slay cover Justin Jefferson and not let Jefferson kill him, similar to last year. The Eagles struggled against Gesicki and Hunter Henry last week. N'Kobe Dean is out. And so I think Hawkinson has a chance to be pretty good in the middle of the field. He's only $6,100, so he's not like a crazy amount. So Hawkinson's my stud, and my value, I'm going with another tight end, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard's only $4,700. The offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, the head coach, Nick Sirianni, have been very clear. They know they got to get Goddard involved. My value pick for Thursday Night Football on DraftKings Dallas got at 4,700. My stud, Hawkinson, 6,100. Love it, hate it, somewhere in between, Joe. What do you got? You don't even need me on this podcast, Ross. I think that was fantastic. I think that's a really good uh, uh, pairing there. Um, Dallas Goddard, uh, oddly enough, people are asking, like, um, John Hansen was asking our group chat uh, on on Sunday, what the heck happened to Goddard? And I said, you know, Tony Romo was pointing it out on the broadcast. Jalen Hurts just missed him a couple of times. And... Ross, I think one of the themes that we're going to have on this podcast is week one, there was not a whole lot of great quarterback play, even from guys that you've grown accustomed to having really good games. And Jalen Hurts' fantasy game uh, in week one by fantasy points was the would have been the worst he had in all of 2022. Lamar Jackson's fantasy performance was the worst game he's ever had. 
Um, so just a really strange week, and uh, I want to ask you this, Ross, just as a preface to the, the rest of the shows that we're going to do this week, the rest of the games we're going to talk about. Do you think this is anything with guys not playing in the preseason? Would teams rather get off to a slow start uh, in weeks one and two than lose a key contributor in the preseason? There's no doubt in my mind that not playing at all in the preseason is a small factor because game speed's just different. It's just different. I also think, though, even if you play in the preseason, Joe, it's a different preparation, right? Like, they haven't played in a year. Like, they have new coordinators a lot of times. Like, you don't know what they're going to throw at you. You don't know how they're going to utilize the new personnel And I think defenses are typically and should be decently further ahead than offenses in week one. It's a really good point, though, by you. And I'm curious what we should know or think about for this Eagles-Vikings game from a fantasy perspective. No, I think the Eagles' offense is going to be better in this game. It would be hard for it not to be. Um, on On the defensive side, I love your call of TJ Hawkinson. But uh, it's worth pointing out that the Eagles look like they're going to be down James Bradbury in this uh, uh, game. He's um, dealing with a concussion, and if he doesn't play in this game, um, probably more opportunities for Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison on the perimeter. So keep in mind that, uh, and by the way, uh, Minnesota did not run it well in week one, um, and the Eagles stifled the Patriots' run game pretty well in week one. And also, Garrett Bradbury, the center for the Vikings, could miss this game with a back injury. That would just incentivize the Vikings to throw the ball more, in my opinion, because you saw Jordan Davis, uh, Fletcher Cox, um, Jalen Carter, Milton Williams. The Eagles are like eight deep at defensive tackle. Those guys are going to eat the interior of the Minnesota offensive line, so I I expect the Vikings to throw the ball quite a bit in this game. Um, It's a different Viking defense than the Eagles played last year. Obviously, Brian Flores much uh, more aggressive than Ed Donatel was in terms of blitz packages, but the Vikings had some trouble covering Mike Evans, and uh, they had trouble covering Chris Godwin last week against Tampa Bay. I think the Eagles are going to have a lot more success throwing the ball than they did against New England in Week 1. Another injury to watch for the Eagles. First and foremost, Ross, we talked a lot um, about the Eagles running backs this offseason. Kenny Gainwell comes out and he's the bell cow in week one. But I think you also saw why I was skeptical they would do that. He's just not explosive. He's reliable. He hands on to the football. But he just doesn't have the juice you need to have an explosive offense. Gainwell's dealing with a rib injury after handling the biggest workload of his NFL career. I would anticipate more work for DeAndre Swift in this game. And I just have a hunch even if Gainwell plays, that the Eagles are going to activate Rashad Penny. Interesting. Very interesting, Joe. What about Green Bay at Atlanta? Two teams that got off to pretty good starts. Somebody's got to get Arthur Smith in a fantasy football league, man. Uh, like, like he, he trotted out the line again. Oh, we're not playing fair. Let the fantasy guys worry about... Um, uh, Drake London only getting one target and catching fewer passes than his quarterback did. Oh, Drake doesn't care about that. Hey, Ross, how many number one NFL wide receivers do you know that don't care about catching a pass? Because it's 0.0 to me. 
And eventually, that that's going to be a problem. Uh, our, our guy Chris Wecht at Fantasy Points Data, he pulled this stat out. Desmond Ritter threw just 16 catchable passes, which was the lowest in any game of his career so far in week number one. He threw eight catchable passes to receivers who were not lined up in the backfield. Eight. Mac Jones threw 43 last week. That is, like, this is not an NFL passing offense. 3.2 average depth of target for for Desmond Ritter. I I mean, look, maybe I was foolish again for for the Kyle Pitts thing. And look, Kyle Pitts caught two passes for 44 yards. That was actually pretty good for a tight end in week one. Because the tight end position was a disaster. But this, this is just not an NFL passing offense right now. On the flip side, maybe we don't know the full extent of the Falcons' offense because they didn't have to do anything. Carolina couldn't move the ball. Carolina doesn't have receivers. So Carolina couldn't move the ball. Maybe Green Bay can. Maybe Christian Watson can play in this game. I thought Jordan Love played really well in week one. He missed some throws, but I thought, in general, he played really well. If the Packers can put more points on the board, maybe we see Arthur Smith play a little fantasy football and actually get Drake London and Kyle Pitts involved. Um, That being said, I cannot knock Arthur Smith for his Tyler Algier usage because Tyler Algier was awesome in that game. Right now, I think both Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson are startable RB2s in fantasy football. If you're feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat, make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yep, that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more delivered straight to your door, Joe Dolan. All right, the Raiders at the Bills. Neither one of them exactly lit it up, but at least the Raiders knew who to throw the ball to. Although now what, Jacoby Myers, a concussion protocol? Yeah, Jacoby Myers suffered a brutal hit. Uh, He's in concussion protocol. And obviously, Devontae Adams, if you're freaking out, and I don't think anybody's really freaking out about Devontae Adams' relatively light production in Week 1 because he was uh, tussling it up with with, with Patrick Sertan out there. Look, the Raiders, um, Josh Jacobs got the ball. He had a bell cow roll. In Week 1, another theme, though. Not a lot of teams ran the football well. Josh Jacobs had 19 carries for 48 yards, but his bell cow roll was secured. Devontae Adams is going to catch a ton of passes in this game. There is no two ways about that. Um, if, if I'm looking at the Raiders, if it, now Jacoby Myers should be picked up off, off the waiver wire, um, but I, I don't know he's going to play in this game. But there's very clearly going to have a role, and Jimmy Garoppolo was comfortable throwing him the ball. For now, I think it's Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs as sure starts. Forget about anybody else. The Bills, Joe. Oh, boy. Josh Allen was awful in that game. Uh, Continuing a theme. Quarterbacks who you typically expect to have great games just did not. Um, I'm not freaking out about Gabriel Davis. Uh, I actually thought he looked pretty good. That 26-yard catch, I'm not sure he makes that catch last year when he was dealing with the high ankle sprain. And he ran about half his routes. Uh, against Sauce Gardner, and Allen was so bad in that game anyway that he was just locking on to Stefan Diggs, which, you know, not a bad strategy. Um, Stefan Diggs, I'm not sure this Raider defense is as good as it looked last week against the Broncos. Um, I, I said before the season I thought it was Max Crosby and a bunch of guys. I'm not going to let one week change my over uh, change my 
whole offseason of analysis. I think this is a bounce-back spot for the Bills. Good to see James Cook's role. 18 opportunities in that backfield. Damian Harris had one carry and two targets. Latavius Murray had two carries and two targets. That was James Cook's backfield in week one for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, and by the way, Dalton Kincaid and, and Dawson Knox basically split both usage, route r- route share. Um, neither one of those guys really usable right now until one separates from the other, and I think the Bills hope it's going to be Kincaid. What about the Ravens at the Bengals? Neither offense looked good at all, Joe, in week one. Yeah, and the Ravens at least had the advantage of going up against a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud and an absolutely decimated um, Houston Texan offensive line. A couple of things to note here. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles. That is a huge issue. Um, and now the Ravens, once again, for like the 12th consecutive offseason, or in season, are looking for a running back after suffering an injury. My lean, I think it's going to be a Gus Edwards, Justice Hill kind of rotation. Justice Hill got the two short touchdowns, uh, but he had just nine yards on eight carries. Of course, that can happen when your progress is stopped by the end zone on two short touchdowns. Gus Edwards had eight carries for 32 yards. I think this is going to be a rotation. I view both guys as kind of flex plays until we get more information. At receiver for the Ravens, Zay Flowers, 10 targets, basically was a full-time player. He and Odell Beckham were their starting wide receivers. Rashad Bateman only rotated in. Flowers is the only one I'm comfortable playing here, but it is worth noting about Zay Flowers. The Ravens offense really, I don't think Todd Monken ran what he, what he wanted to. Of course, they didn't have Mark Andrews. Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham played their first game in forever. Um, and it, look, Zay Flowers basically had a bunch of designed targets for him. And his first read target share was 60%. But if you remove the design targets, this is from my guy Chris Wecht, it went down to 37.5. I don't know if that's going to continue, but I still think we should be excited about Zay Flowers after a really enticing debut. I am always excited when you're talking about game time as the best place to get tickets. I'm looking right now for the game I'm calling for Westwood 1 Sunday night, Joe. And you can get in to Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, 94 bucks Sunday night and watch the best offense I think we saw in week one. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code FEAST for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Joe, any other thoughts on the Bengals? Uh, uh, burn the tape. Joe Burrow will be better. Do you remember last year they got off to a really crappy start? You know, Joe Burrow was under – they lost to the Cooper Rush Cowboys. They lost to the Steelers early. Burn the tape. And, look, T. Higgins, I don't think any – I don't think anybody playing fantasy football is going to panic about T. Higgins putting up a gopher uh, on, on eight targets. But if they are, throw a crappy trade offer out there and see, see what you can get. The Bengals will be fine. I'm not saying they'll be fine this week, but it's time to start putting in buy-low offers on Cincinnati Bengals, especially if they struggle this week. Let's talk Seahawks at Lions, Joe. So I think the story of this game is going to be the Seattle offensive line. Um, Believe it or not, the Seahawks offensive line opened 2.47 adjusted yards before contact per attempt per fantasy points data in week one. That was second most in the league. And you'll remember, Ross, last week I talked about how I thought the Chiefs would come out and run it a little bit against the uh, the Lions because the Lions' run defense struggled last year and the Chiefs were breaking into new offensive tackles. That didn't translate to much fantasy success for the Chiefs' running backs, but the Lions did allow the ninth most adjusted yards before contact per attempt to Kansas City run game last week. I expect the Seahawks to run it quite a bit with Kenneth Walker, maybe mix in a little Zach Charbonnet, because now we get to the other part of the story. The Seahawks lost Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, the both of their starting tackles, to injuries last week. Um, Charles Cross was a toe. Abe Lucas was a knee. Pete Carroll says neither was serious, but Pete Carroll is not exactly trustworthy when it comes to injuries. It's really hard to translate him. Um, Future Canton and Shriney, Jason Peters, signed with the Seahawks, so at least they're expecting to be down one of those guys for some time. And it'd be wise to consider... Seattle um, not really wanting to drop back against Aiden Hutch, against Hutch and the boys. Uh, Detroit, uh, see, the Seattle allowed the uh, 17.73 quarterback pressure rate above expectation last week, um, largely because of the tackle injuries. They didn't score a point after halftime, while Detroit pressured Patrick Mahomes at 11.2%. Above expectation. They didn't sack him because Mahomes is a wizard, but Geno Smith is not Patrick Mahomes in that backfield. I expect a lot of running from Seattle. I expect a lot of quick throws from Seattle because that offensive line could be a problem against Aiden Hutchinson and the boys. On the Lions side? Um, I was actually really encouraged by what I saw from Jameer Gibbs. I'm not freaking out about his usage. The game flow was weird. And the guy's got some physicality to him. He's trucking guys at the end of his 18-yard run. David Montgomery had a solid game. 21 carries, 74 yards. He scored a touchdown. Averaged under four yards per carry, but I think he kept him on schedule. Jameer Gibbs is somebody I'm really excited about. And maybe it doesn't come to pass this week because Seattle might have some issues with its offensive line and might have issues putting points up. But I was actually encouraged by what I saw from Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I think he's going to be a huge factor for the Detroit Lions going forward. The Colts are in Houston in a battle of rookie quarterbacks, we think. Yeah, um, I would presume um, that Anthony Richardson's going to play in this game. I think they said he's fine, and if he does, I mean, the guy's... 
Ross, I, I don't know what's blocking him from top seven or eight quarterback play the rest of the year. I thought he played the best of the rookie quarterbacks in week one. Of course he missed some throws, but he also had 10 carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. I thought uh, Shane Steichen was in his bag. I thought Shane Steichen was doing some really cool stuff with formations, getting guys open. Um, just a really interesting performance by the Colts in week one. And that being said, somebody has to print out Deion Jackson's box score, give it to Jonathan Taylor's agent, and have and have Taylor's agent just repeatedly fax it to Jim Irsay throughout the day. J- Deion Jackson had 13 carries and six targets. He gained 28 yards from scrimmage and lost two fumbles. Might be the worst running back game in a decade. And now Evan Hull's on IR. If Zach Moss is out there on your waiver wire, pick him up because he's going to play um, in this game. And I think he's going to be their number one running back for at least the next three weeks. You got to pick up Zach Moss because Deion Jackson ain't it, folks. He ain't it. Um, Yeah, the Colts, uh, uh, interesting team to watch. A functional, by the way, having a running back who gains 14 yards on 13 carries when you have a run threat like Anthony Richardson at quarterback, that should be impossible. Deion Jackson did it. Don't get too upset, Dion, by what Joe said. Just get some Labatt blue lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. What about the Texans on the other side, Joe? Um, the offensive line was just a disaster, um, as expected. Uh, good to see Nico Collins and Robert Woods. You know, CJ Stroud threw 44 passes. Collins and Woods accounted for 21 of the targets. I think both guys are kind of low-end wide receiver threes in this matchup just because of target volume. Damian Pierce, look, he got he got the role we wanted. He had 11 carries and three targets, but he just couldn't find room to run against that Baltimore defense. He's more of a low-end RB2 until further notice. That offensive line is going to take some time to gel, if at all. All right, let's talk Chiefs at Jags, Joe. There's a little bit of disagreement on whether or not Kelsey's going to play. Yeah, so obviously that's a huge factor because I think it, as good as Andy Reid and Mahomes are, you lose Travis Kelsey two days before your season opener, it's going to mess up your game plan. And obviously the Kansas City wide receivers were in no way prepared for that. And the whole entire offense was a mess. Kadarius Toney played maybe the worst game a wide receiver could possibly play. Sky Moore was invisible in that game. Um, So... If Kelsey plays, I think we see those guys, Tony and Moore, actually have a little bit more success in, in, in this game. I'm not I'm not dropping a Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony just yet because of, of, of this offense, but they're going to have to show something soon. If Kelsey plays, I think we see the best version of what these Chiefs can be. If Kelsey doesn't play, uh, Tony and Moore have to prove something or else they're they're going to be fantasy football waiver wire. So keep that in mind. Obviously, if Kelsey plays, you play him in this game. I'm more interested uh, in, in Jacksonville. I actually thought Trevor Lawrence missed some throws in that game, um, but he also made some big-time throws in that game, and most of them went to Calvin Ridley, who looked phenomenal. It wasn't just hype, Joe. No, it was not. Um, I don't know if you saw my, uh, my, my tweet. Calvin Ridley, the uh, – the Jaguars acquired him for very much close to what, what the, the Bears acquired Chase Claypool for. Calvin Ridley is going to surpass Chase Claypool in receiving yards with the Bears 
in his second game with the Jaguars. That's that's what Calvin Ridley's going to do. Um, he was awesome. You have to play him at this point. The guy I'm concerned about is Christian Kirk. His route participation was way down from last year. They took him off the field in two tight ends in uh in yeah in two, in in twelve personnel. I'm a little. I, that was a trend from the preseason, and I'm a little surprised they're doing it, given how good Christian Kirk was last year. But keep an eye on his usage going forward. Travis Etienne, 18 carries and a career-high five receptions. Bell cow usage. Tank Bigsby had a horrible game. He lost a fumble, and then, uh, excuse me, he had an interception go off his hands, and then he um, and then he kind of had the brain fart on the Trevor Lawrence fumble. Um Doug Peterson gave him a goal line carry late in the game to get his confidence up, but I expect Travis Etienne to continue being the overwhelming number one for the time being. Lastly, Joe, Bucks bears Let's talk about it. Um, the Bears' offense is a disaster. And it, it's design, it's quarterback play, it's line play, it's everything. Um DJ Moore comes out and gets two targets in his first game with with the Chicago Bears. That guy is going to need an intervention soon just to just to keep him from losing his sanity. Uh, you could count on on you might not be able to count on one hand how many times Justin Fields failed to pull the trigger on a wide open DJ Moore in that game. It's bad, really bad. Um, that being said. Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison absolutely kicked this defense's butt last week. So maybe there is. More, uh, maybe if you have DJ Moore and you trot him out as a wide receiver three this week, it's a good week to do so. But Justin Fields, oof, he did not see wide open DJ Moore quite a bit. On the flip side for the Bucks, Baker Mayfield threw 34 passes. 16 of them went to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. No other Buck got more than three targets. That's what we like to see. Rashad White had bell cow usage, had absolutely nowhere to run. Um, he's going to have to eventually put up numbers uh in order to keep his job but it's not like sean tucker the rookie out of syracuse had much room to run either boom i love it one two three four five six seven eight we hit eight games we will hit the other eight in episode two which of course will be in your podcast app by the time pretty much all of you unless you're like in australia wake up on Thursday morning, because this is the show that's so nice. We do it twice. Make sure you listen to the other episode as well. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 